Hi, my name's Leo WT, and you have found your way to the Conversations Podcast. This podcast exists to create safe space for spiritually minded conversations about life. Conversations exist to create safe space for dialogue and community. We desire to come together regularly and intentionally to generate conversations about life, belief, and the intersection of the two. Everyone is welcome as a part of the conversation. Yo, what's up, kids? This is a terrible angle because I am, in fact, on a morning walk and did not bring a tripod, did not plan on live casting. My hair is a hot mess, but I'm here. Um, I'm guessing because of the ridiculous hours, some people will catch this on the replay. Also, I know that it's only ridiculous to people who don't have children because you've probably already been up. Um, I also apologize because I don't have my microphone. So if anybody pops on here and you can't hear, let me know. Uh, otherwise, this will just be a long video of my mouth moving and you guys hearing nothing, um, which is what I also imagine every parent understands when you ask your kids to do something, right? Hey, Gabby, how are you doing? Super, uh, this is early for me and I'm super winded and sweaty because I just took like a couple mile walk uh, because of course I went to the gym and forgot my swipe key to get in. So, um, I'm sitting in a weird position to not look awkward here. Um, so I was listening to this podcast this morning. Uh, you guys may have heard me mention it before. It's called the Robcast. Uh, Rob Bell is like a <laughs> kind of like an outlaw Christian writer, which I think just adds to his appeal. But um, some of his books were actually banned for sale from Christian book distributors because they, they thought he got too liberal with the Bible. Um, but I was listening to his podcast called the Robcast genius fucking name. <laughs> um, and it, he was talking with another person named Don Golden, who I'll have to look up. Um, he's a, an author, I believe. Uh, but I was impressed enough by what he was saying. And it really got me thinking this morning. So I'm just sharing it with you. I'm making these lives as like my own way back to my own understanding of a sense of like calling and purpose. Obviously, I love hair. Uh, but there's always been something within me that made me want to be a pastor. I don't know, it's 2020, not necessarily a thing that a lot of people are like striving for, but I was up till two o'clock in the morning um, researching the history of stoles. Um, stoles are like the scarf thing that people, that, that um, ordained ministers wear around their neck. So I was actually like daydreaming about when I become ordained and can get my first stole. So that's cool. Um, and there's some work going on beside me. So if you hear loud noises, that's what's up. But um, yeah, so I was up till like two o'clock researching seminaries, different denominations, how to plant churches and different denominations and the history of the stole. So that's me. Uh, I also woke up at five o'clock for no apparent reason. Um, I usually wake up at 10, so no big deal. Uh, but I decided to come on a walk and listen to this, to the Robcast today. And it really, really got me thinking so much so that I only made it halfway through the Robcast. Uh, and I had to like pause Pause, write stuff down, send the link to like 15 friends that I know I can talk about this with. And then um, I walked over here to St. Bonaventure. I'm right outside uh, the, the chapel here um, because I wanted to be like in a spiritual place, right? To just like drop this live. Um, so 
I have so many things to say on the topic of religion and spirituality. It's it's such an interest of mine. Um, and, and some of you who have gotten to know me within the past like eight years might not know that about me, but I've always been like a, a religious and spirituality nerd. Um, and so I'm just kind of coming back around to the idea of being able to engage that now. I actually see some of my friends from college on here. Actually, like the last three people are from college. So uh, what up, Nyack? <laughs> but so my thoughts on the Bible this morning, um, were basically like on the overarching narrative of the Bible, right? Uh, the biblical text, which is used by more than just Christianity, like Judaism, Islam, and Christianity share a lot of the same sacred writings. So take that for what you will. Um, but my thought on it was kind of like the Bible as a meta narrative, right? It's this overarching story of people colonizing and people being colonized. So if you're a white person watching this and you haven't lived in a multicultural environment, the idea of like the colonizer might be newer to you. Um, I'm by no means an expert. I'm by no means an expert, but, um, but I've been like kind of reading about this lately and seeking out some friends who have knowledge on the topic, right? And the idea is that basically like, Britain um, and like, you know, um, like white Western European countries went throughout the rest of the world and colonized them, right? That's a, that's a, a sociological thing that happened, right? We went to different, they went to different areas. We went to different areas, probably my ancestors went to different areas and said, boom, we own this now, right? Um, and then they imposed their way of life on people. America did that um, to, to native people that were here, right? We colonized is a real shitty thing because we weren't meant to all be the same. But the Bible is a story of people colonizing and being colonized. And so like, in a way that has a direct relationship to, uh, Romans too, yes. Uh, this has a direct relationship to where we are at in our world today, right? Because America isn't like an original nation. We are, you know, one of the younger nations in the world and we are colonizers. And so what happened was like white people came to America and imposed our views on the native culture, this rich, beautiful, spiritual, deep, um, communal, loving culture that was here. And we gaslit them and we called them savages and we took their scalps and we took their children and we sent them to schools to make them like us and we killed them with our weapons and we gave them diseases and we colonized, right? Um, that's like, that's how we got here. And I think some people forget that. But I think because of that, like, if you look at the Bible as a literary tool, the Bible is actually like a library of books for those of you who haven't ever thought about that. It's a library of ancient books, like 66 books, uh, depending on your religion and stuff. But it's a library of books that is a ancient retelling of the history of colonizer and colonizing. And it's really interesting because like things never fare well for the colonizer. Um, and I just think that has like a lot of bearing about how we think about faith and spirituality uh, today because like are we actively colonizing or are we creating intersectional safe spaces where everybody can grow, right? That to me would be like participating in the retelling of the narrative of the Bible. And so like it's not our job um, 
as white people, as Christians, as any group in power. Like it's not our job to cause people to want to assimilate. It's our job to take the message of the Bible to people, which is like, you do not have to be in that colonizer mentality. Like you can break free of it. Like I said before, in one of my um, lives, there's a verse in Proverbs where it talks about above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Guard who you are and be that because that's when the world will flourish. And so like, we shouldn't be colonizing. We should be encouraging people to be who God made them to be, right? Um, and God is like a different, people have different understandings, understandings of what God is. But if you're like a theist, which means like if you believe in a, a singular God, a monotheist would be a singular God, a polytheist would be multiple gods. Um, but if you believe in a higher power, I feel like the height of that higher power uh, and the height of the message of that higher power would be like the, the reunification and the bringing together of, of disparate people um, and sharing narratives and decolonizing and celebrating diversity. What up, Justin? You dropped in a great point. <laughs> uh, so you guys have seen me talk to my friend Justin a little bit, but um, from, from what I know of him, and we haven't actually got to meet in person, but we've talked a lot. Uh, from what I know of Justin, he would be like a perfect example of someone who like could be colonized or could be could celebrate their diversity because Justin comes from a multicultural background. Um, and and so like we talk a lot about Justin and I talk a lot about uh, racial justice and social justice, especially in our area, because it's very interesting to be a progressive decolonizing social justice voice activist in our area because we are in such a small area um, we're in a tiny area of western new york but weirdly because of the events of the world during covid um you know the spotlight has actually been on western new york um barack obama was like retweeting retweeted an article in time magazine about a protest in olean um we've been participating in uh, both justin and myself and then the groups that we respectively work with uh, jamestown justice coalition and olean racial justice coalition we've been participating in this larger cultural narrative about black lives matter um and about like uh for me personally in our group like lgbtq black lives matter i know justin's done some work on that too so we, in a weird way, we're here in these small cloistered areas of Western New York, but we're participating in a larger cultural conversation um, that, that we can be a part of because of social media and in part because of COVID, uh, which I think is kind of a rad thing, right? So like if you're spiritual, I'm not even going to say religious because I feel like I feel like religion and spirituality are two separate things. Like I know plenty of spiritual people who aren't religious and I honestly know plenty of religious people who aren't spiritual, which is a sad um, compartmentalization and disconnection, I think, right? Uh, but so we, in this time in 2020, Justin, myself, people that I've been talking to, like we're participating in this larger cultural narrative and we're encouraging the decolonization of society, right? Like you don't have to be white to be in leadership. At this point, if you're white, you probably should take a step back and be in a supportive role, if, if at all possible, right? It's not entirely possible because of where we live and our demographics, but we need to decolonize the the way that we personally look at the world. And so that means like for me, as someone who grew up, um, I was uh, assigned female at birth. Uh, so I, my social position in the world was a straight white female 
um, who grew up in the evangelical church and understood from a young age that I was supposed to be in ministry. I actually went to college to do pastoral ministry, have more theological education than a lot of evangelical pastors. Sorry, not sorry. Um, yes, Justin. Yes. So I'm getting right to that. So I grew up in a in a mindset that was like heavily colonized and, and I was an active beneficiary and by by default a participant in the colonization of the gospel and my whole world and whole mindset was framed by this idea of colonization um, and so I have to unlearn that and Yes, white isn't an ethnicity. So like, that's a struggle that I'm learning too. Like I have to decolonize my own understanding, my whole worldview. Like uh, I'm not just white. Like I came from somewhere, I don't know where. Ancestry DNA was no help. <laughs> um, but I have to, because of the place I came from in life, I have to decolonize my understanding of the world, right? And, um, and with that comes, I have to decolonize my understanding of the Bible, which is an ancient library of ancient tales that depict life in the Middle East. Life of slaves in the Middle East, if you really want to dig deep in there, right? Um, and there's some cool overarching narratives, which like I'll get into in upcoming videos. But along with this colonization um, of Christianity, we've colonized Christ as well. Uh, we've made Christ a white person. Uh, how many of you guys have seen Swedish Jesus, right? He's got like, like lovely, luscious light locks and perfect alabaster complexion, which is a complete and total joke because Jesus was a Middle Eastern dude. Um, like either brown or black, depending um, on, you know, like on you know, like the complexion of his parents. But Jesus was a Middle Eastern um, like poverty class person and so where the hell we got Swedish Jesus that supports certain politicians for office is such a testament to the colonization of of the Bible and of spirituality and it's not fair um, because when we colonize we rob the world of history and we rob people of their narratives um, I actually have a family member who I'm gonna shout out uh, in the comments, um, but she's one of Elle's family members and she's actually Puerto Rican, uh, but she's light skinned and she has red hair because Elle's family has like a lot of recessive genes in it. And so she had no idea uh, that she was Puerto Rican for the longest time. And so she like, in essence, was dealing with the ramifications of colonization, right? And so they play out culturally and religiously. But guess what happens? Like when America says they're a Christian nation, which I have beef with that to begin with, but when America says we're a Christian nation, America is literally in essence a colonizer and we're prescribing to colonizing religious ideas, right? And so America's framework is, is faulty. Um, and while I believe in the idea of what America could be, we have got to do better. And so like, I can't change the whole world today. But I can make this video and I can talk about this and I can learn more. And I maybe applied to a couple seminaries last night and scheduled a couple meetings with other pastors. I don't know what the hell that's gonna look like, but I'm gonna keep building conversations so we can have space for a conversation like this. Uh, we can have space for conversations about Swedish Jesus. Swedish Jesus also roots for certain football teams. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite things about Jesus that like people are convinced that Jesus is invested in the success of any particular sports team. So <laughs> I'm reading Justin's comment right now because he's super insightful. Yes, bro, I'm gonna just 
uh, bring Justin on the live and let him take it over now. But what he's saying, if you guys didn't read it, is is we're talking about the idea of God making man in their own image, because God is non-binary, in case anybody's wondering, biblical verses to back that up. God, non-binary. Um, but if we're talking about God making human in humans in their image, like if you're buying into that creation narrative, um, and then you see God as a white person, like what does that tell you as a young black or brown person? Right? Curious. Um, so it just, it's just interesting things that we've got to think about and we've got to unlearn. Yo, Brian, my, my, Jewish friend popping on here. Look at the diversity today. Um, I think, Brian, I think you're absolutely correct because man frequently makes God in his image. Um, and it's a reverse. It's like the exegesis, eisegesis thing. I think I mentioned the other day, but exegesis is when you read the Bible and you let those ancient texts speak to you and you understand their cultural context and you divine the larger story, the core of the story, because you're listening to what the text is saying to you and reading the text through its context, that's exegesis, instead of eisegesis, which is where you bring a, your ideas to a passage. Um, and so you end up filtering the Bible through your own preconceived thoughts. Um, such an interesting cultural. Yes, there's so much history uh, from white people using the Bible using God, using Jesus to colonize, to nullify, to diminish, and to villainize black and brown people and poor people. And that, my friends, is the greatest fucking hoax in all of history, bro. That's the greatest hoax. The Bible was written to champion poor minorities. I'm just gonna pause on that. Like the Bible was written, the story of the Bible is championing poor minorities who who have come out of oppression. If you want to get real deep, the early books of the Old Testament are actually about, oh, there's a word for this, and I wish my friend Bree was on this chat, but the early books of the Old Testament are actually about the psychology of unlearning being a victim of generational trauma. If you want to bring it, epigenetics. Ah, where's Brie? I am tagging her in this later. Epigenetics is this idea that your, your neural pathways are rewired by um, experiencing hardship and poverty and surviving it. And so like essentially the, the books of the Old Testament are actually like a study in epigenetics, if you read them, right? Because the they're the narrative of a people who were oppressed, who were slaves, who were colonized, and then they break free. And then they wander through the desert trying to find out who they are that's that's that is where the old testament leaves off when the old testament leaves off the israelites these slave people are wandering in the desert trying to find out who they are trying to figure out who god is and trying to figure out what the hell they're doing and that is where the gospel comes in and the gospel is like bro this is who you are this is who you're meant to be in this world and God loves you just like that. That's the New Testament. Just summed it up right there. Yes, Justin, yes. So epigenetics, uh, your brain is rewired by historical and generational trauma. You gotta understand that like when someone goes through trauma, their brain is rewired and their, their body chemistry works differently. And when they have a child, that child has a diverse um, genetic and neural makeup that is an imprint of trauma. And that's why systemic racism is real. And that's why generational trauma is real because it, trauma just doesn't affect the person who goes through it, it affects their lineage. And that's why we 
as white people who have unwittingly been colonizers, I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, after 2020, you fucking know you were a colonizer. But before, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because a lot of people are learning right now and it's a cool thing. Um, but we as current white people might not have ever owned slaves, but we need to recognize that our neural pathways are wired to have been in a position of perceived um, power, right? And you don't think, when you're a poor person, you don't think that. But the thing is, is that happens, right? Um, even coming from like a poorer white background, I could live on the streets as a poor white person in America and still be richer than some people that are working in third world countries. Been there, done there, talked about that. We'll talk about it another time. But so my neural pathways are wired from my experience and from my parents' experience and from their experience. And uh, people who are black and who are brown and who are Asian and who are um, non-neurotypical, uh, who come from non-neurotypical families, their neural pathways are wired differently. So they are actually daily experiencing the effects of the trauma that their forefathers suffered. And that's just talking about genetics. That's not even talking about sociology. If you want to get wild, let's talk about how redlining, meaning dividing up cities in certain areas and city planning, city planning doesn't sound that zany, right? City planning is responsible for a higher mortality rate of minority infants. Scientific studies on all of this. That's why we need to just actually admit there's a problem and move on. There's so much evidence for it from religion to science, to psychology, to, uh, to, to civil engineering. Like y'all didn't go into civil engineering because you wanted to be a social justice warrior, but you can be to financial planning, to government, to educational systems, to, uh, to food equity and, and working to solve food deserts. Like all of these things are at their core, both socially, justice issues there's social justice issues and they're religious and spiritual issues let's get wild justin let's do it but these things all tie together and when you read the bible through the bible's context and you understand the history of the people that are being written about and you understand the history of the writers because hey the writers bring a voice to the context right the writers bring a voice to the text when you understand those things you can decolonize the reading of the bible that most american evangelicals have been taught and I'm not here to shit on evangelicals because you can grow. I grew, I learned, I came out. I'm sitting at a Catholic university, yo. I was, thought, I was taught Catholics aren't even Christians. And let me tell you, the Franciscans, they've got something that I'm all about. That's why I chose to sit here because it's a spiritual place. I chose to sit here for this. Um, but I had to decolonize and deconstruct and then reconstruct my understanding of the Bible of who I am in this world. Yo, I, from the youngest ages of my life, from the age of five, I thought I was supposed to be a pastor. I had to give that up completely. 10 years that I've given up on this dream. And just since I've been involved with the Only in Racial Justice Coalition and social justice efforts in, in this area, just since then, since two months, have I been able to come back around to my understanding of who I'm supposed to be. It took that long for me to un unwire neural pathways in my brain, it took so much to unwire and here I am. So if you're an evangelical or Protestant, like I'm not shitting on you, you can do better, but you've actually got to do better. 
and decolonize your understanding of the world and stop using the Bible to hide racism and homophobia because that's your context. It's not the Bible's context. The Bible's context is much bigger than you. And the Bible's context is much bigger. If you understand God to be unknowable, then why are you so confident that Swedish Jesus came to champion the Republican Party? Right? Bro, Justin, don't even get me talking about the Council of Nicaea. Council of Nicaea was in 400 BC, and it was where, like, books of the Bible were canonized. Basically, a, a group of, 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 of upper-class, uh, upper-echelon male... Um, probably white dudes you know what i mean like like the people in power the people in power came together and they decided what books of the bible were going to get put in the bible bro you know how many books of the bible that weren't even put in the bible there's so many let's talk about it colonizer just saying just saying <laughs> justin thank you for being my hype man i swear to god i've never met this man in real life and he's already one of my favorite people so that's what i'm saying italian there we go Thank you. Um, basically, the Council of Nicaea was a part of the um, marriage of the church and state, uh, where the church became part of the governing body um, of England, like the Anglican Church. It, it's it, there's this is a longer history. This is the compressed version, but the church at the Council of Nicaea. Uh, Constantine, the emperor, made the Bible uh, what it was. Uh, made the Bible what it is today. He canonized the certain books this council did. And then they made that part of the governance of the whole world. Um, and then you like work your way up to Anglican history and, and the Church of England was like certain things were not working right. And so then there's a division between like Anglicans and Protestants. There's a branch off of Catholics. And then you go even further towards now and then you have the evangelical churches popping up yo when i say the evangelical church is not the og church they are not the og church bro so many evangelical denominations are under 200 years old you know how crazy that is in terms of world history they're infants and and a lot of non-denominational evangelical churches they got 10 years under their belt 10 years church history and those are the people that are speaking the loudest those are the people that are being that are actively preaching racism and homophobia from the pulpit yo that's wild that's like letting a kindergartner decide your morals get out of here get out of here uh yo justin i love this so um Justin's comments are leading me to to tell you guys about something so i've been doing some research and um while most people said I should run away from the church and just just get a collar, just be ordained, just start something. I have so much respect for church history that I don't just want to pop off. Like, I, I, I'm technically ordained right now. I have four years of Bible college, but you don't even need that. You need $30 and a payment to the Universal Life Church, and you're ordained. So technically, I'm ordained right now. I got ordained to do some weddings and stuff. Um, but... I have too much respect to, to start something without like an overarching church body. So that's why I'm working on seminary. More on that in the future. But what I am doing in the meantime is I'm, I'm, I'm running this conversations page. Uh, so you guys have probably seen me mention it. Um, there's conversations official, which is like the official announcement page um, where anything regarding like any meetings or events or um, like the podcast I dropped, all the links will be there. So the conversations official page is like the bulletin board. And then the conversations official group is the digital conversation. So that's where I'm posting daily prompts and trying to engage with people um what i'm trying to do is build a digital church because i don't know where i'm going in the future 
I don't know what all this means, but I know we should be talking right now, right? So if you want to engage, engage in conversations like this, even it, please understand that even if you're not Christian, I want everybody in there to have a conversation, right? And we're not there to debate. I don't want anyone to come into that group with the mindset of we're going to change someone's opinion. I just want to dialogue, right? So um, check the Conversations official and Conversations group pages. I also made a Conversations um, YouTube that you can check out. So I'll be reposting all my videos there. But what I'm going to do is every Sunday, I'm going to upload a service. I, I, it's, there's no liturgy, there's no offering plate, but we're just going to, I'm just going to have a weekly conversation with myself some weeks and with other people some weeks. But um, I would like to bring up I, I'm, I'm planning to bring different people into the conversation. So like I hit up Justin about this idea maybe. So so maybe we do uh, like a Zoom chat, which we live cast to Facebook and YouTube and we have a conversation and then you guys can participate in it too by sending us messages and then we'll post the videos on YouTube and Facebook. I also started a TikTok for that purpose. So I don't have enough uh, people to go live on TikTok or anything, but I'm starting to get it out there. So um, if you want to join this conversation, there is room for everybody. We're decolonizing, we're deconstructing, and we're reconstructing on a better framework. I don't know what it'll look like in the future. I don't know what my life will look like in the future, but I know that this is something that I've been called to and something that's needed. So please join us as a part of the conversations group. Um, I can't wait to continue these sorts of conversations. So yeah, church is the people. It definitely can be digital. So I'm going to look into some Zoom options today because it looks like with Zoom, you can broadcast via Facebook and YouTube, uh, like live stream. And so I want to try to reach as many people as possible across different uh, social media platforms because different platforms hit different age brackets. So I'm trying to work them all, get everybody in there, get an intergenerational, um, you know, intersectional group of people to have a dialogue about what it means to be an enlightened, spiritual, conscious, woke person in 2020. So that's my thoughts on colonization, America, um, Swedish Jesus, and, and all that entails. So thank you guys for hanging out. Um, this went longer than I thought it was gonna be, uh, but I'm happy about it. And I'm so glad that you guys are participating because really a conversation takes at least two people uh, and my phone doesn't count as a person. So it's much better when you guys are involved. Um, Emily, are you trying to find the conversations group? Ah, oh, thanks so much, Justin. And thank you for participating. I'm telling you what, dude, one of my new favorite humans and I haven't even seen your face, um, that not through a screen. So Emily, if you're trying to find the conversations group, um, I will drop the links in this video. Actually, they're tagged in this video. Uh, so conversations, uh, official is like the bulletin board and conversations, um, official group is the digital talk space. I am on, I did put a YouTube up. It's conversations with Leo WT trying to wrap both my brands in there. I have a, a TikTok, which is Leo WT hair. I have an Insta, but that's mostly hair stuff. Um, add me message me, add the group, post your own thoughts on the group, post podcast, post pictures of art that make you think about spirituality. Let's talk. Let's start the conversation. So Cynthia, thank you so much. It's been a weird ass journey, bro. Like I don't even know. And I, it's not even, I'm not even at the middle. Like if you look at my, my chronological life, uh, you know, span, um, it's been a wild journey, but it brought me to where I am today. So I'm really excited about where it's going to go. Um, follow conversations, like conversations, add conversations. I'm not making any money off of this. I, I don't have any sponsors. I don't need any money. I just need you guys to join me so that we can have this conversation because it's really boring to talk to myself. Um, so I'm going to head home. I got a beautiful wife to get ready for work with and a lovely salon to go to. Um, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. 
Eliz or Emily, perfect, fantastic, you already followed. Okay, cool. So uh, one last thing, this Sunday, where it's gonna have a conversations video. I had one last Sunday, it's like a little bit smaller, but I'm just gonna keep posting them on YouTube and whoever watches, watches, that's cool. But this Sunday, I don't have a time yet because I'm still collaborating. That's my beautiful wife, she just gave a heart to me. Um, this Sunday, actually, Elle, my beautiful wife and myself are going to film a live react video um, to my podcast, which I made with my friend, friend Collins, who is also going to be on the screen with us. So what we're going to do is we're going to start a watch party and we're going to play the podcast and you guys are going to get to watch Elle's reaction to my ridiculousness firsthand, um, which is really hilarious because she knows me better than anyone else and she loves me more than anyone else and she loves me enough to say, you probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this Sunday, I'll drop the time on my page. I'll drop the time on Conversations Official, and I'll drop the time on the Conversations Group as soon as we have it set. Uh, Collins lives on the West Coast, so we're just trying to figure out a time. I also have Sensory Sunday this week. Um, so it's looking like Sunday night, we're going to go live. We're either going to have mimosas or wine, which always means a good time. Um, and I would love for you guys to join. Two of you. 200 like whatever it's going to be what it needs to be but it'll be happening no matter what so sunday night um watch my page watch the conversations page for updates and we'll make it happen thank you all so much for listening i'm gonna get my walk back on because i'm trying to be like a healthy person and i'm gonna go do some hair with my lovely wife i hope to see some of you guys in my chair i hope to see other you guys in my inbox thank you so much for listening please leave your comments please like share spread all the good things uh my my son when he was in his youtube phase when he was younger he'd be like drop a like so if you guys can drop a like or follow i don't know where the button is on your screen but drop a like or follow drop a comment thank you for all the love katie you got to catch this on the replay because i know you're gonna love it i know you're gonna vibe with it you're cool hope your baby's doing well i'll talk to everybody later have a good day bye this has been the conversations podcast thank you so much for joining the dialogue if you have any questions or comments on the episode about conversations in general, or just need some safe space to talk, join the digital community on the Conversations Official Facebook group and Facebook page. You can also find us under Conversations Official on YouTube and Instagram. And of course, please take a second to rate, follow, and share this podcast so that we can continue to build the conversation. I'm Leo WT. Thank you so much for listening.